Hey fellow brain pickers and welcome to episode 101. Now this is actually the first ever part two of an episode that I've done before. My interview with Joseph Lazukin in episode 92 was so good that it actually went on for two hours. We went on for two hours straight and I had to cut it into two episodes and this is the second part. If you haven't heard the first part, I highly recommend you do. Uh, All you need to do is head over to danielgeffen.com forward slash 92 or just look for episode 92 on iTunes. Joseph has taken a company from a million dollars in debt to a million and a half in profit. He's also taken another company that was doing $15,000 a month and helped grow it to over $300,000 a month within just six months. He also helped Kevin Harrington, the original shark from Shark Tank, build a seven-figure sales funnel. In this episode, we're going to talk about how Joseph made $75,000 off just one Facebook post, why he deleted 3,000 friends on Facebook, how one of his friends made over a million dollars from a garbage heap, yes, a garbage heap, and many other growth hacks, so don't miss this episode. Let's get right into the show. Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? My company, getfeatured.com, will get you featured on targeted shows, will design you a custom bio page, pitch you to the host, prepare you for the shows, and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.com to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. So essentially, Joseph, you go into big corporations and you find more innovative ways to to run the business, and uh, that's pretty much what you're doing as a, as a hobby almost, right? Yeah, so so when it comes to consulting for businesses, kind of taking a, a, away from the whole space angle, is that I come into any business, I can come into any business and I can say this with complete affirmation and confidence, is that I've gone into a company that's been a million dollars in debt and made it a million point five positive. I've gone into a company wow. that was making twelve to fifteen thousand dollars a month and made it hit over three hundred thousand dollars a month within five to six months. Whoa. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've done a lot of crazy things. I, I built a, a seven-figure funnel. Um, I ended up getting hired as a contractor uh, to build a funnel for Kevin Harrington uh, for uh, a 12-event series, $997 a ticket, and ended up selling out uh, the first couple of events. And then I ended up leaving that because it was a contract position. So I don't know how well it did after I left. Um, I think it ended up falling apart after I left. I'm not 100% sure because I think they only did four or five uh, events. Uh, in total, which I don't know why they would stop, but I, there's something to be said maybe about the dynamic there. Um, Let's get practical for a second, Joseph, though. For, for for those listening who are running businesses and let's say they want to scale up, that's basically, and it doesn't matter where the company is. It could be a solopreneur yeah. who's doing, you know, $1,000 a month, or it could be somebody doing, you know, $50,000 a month. It could be, you know, a, a large corporation, you know, doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. What what's the key to scaling? What when you go in? What are the things that you look for um, that you can then turn it around and, and scale it up? Okay, so I'll, I'll give you some examples. Um, 
of the companies that I mentioned before. So the company that was a million dollars negative was because they ended up buying a bunch of inventory and they had the license to anything that would glow or light up for the NFL. So it was an NFL licensed product. And the owners, and bless their heart, they ended up creating a LED mouse pad that required two USBs in order to glow. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I was like, all right, let's let's turn this around. And I was like, let's just blow this product out because nobody's going to use it. I, I know for a fact nobody's going to want this for the most part. Let's just blow it and just be able to see if we can take a small uh, margin on it. So what I ended up doing is I went on Groupon, Deal Chicken, uh, Living Social, all these other different kind of coupon-based websites, and I just blew out their entire inventory and I got them back up um, to where they were basically, I can't remember exactly the dollar figure, but then what I ended up doing is I was like, okay, let's figure out what's trending right now. And that's one of the things that I would have to tell a lot of entrepreneurs that are up and coming. Do your research. If you're going to do research on anything, like I had no idea anything about this entire space launch, but I have been studying every single night. I've been a student. I have... I just read everything. Um, I don't read books. I read literally the journals, the patents, the everything. I look at what people are doing, not what they want you to read about them. Um, I feel like reading about people's success isn't necessarily as vital as actually looking at what they do and taking your own interpretation because you're going to find things that other people don't. So going back to that point, um, once I ended up getting them basically where they were, uh, they had a good sum of money again. They were able to actually make some profit on that product. We did some product research, and at the time, this is before the era of, um, of drones. So all the big rage, if you were familiar, if you ever went to any mall, uh, mm-hmm. was those small little 15 to 60, maybe $120 helicopters, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, we just have to make sure that whatever we create glows or lights up. So we ended up creating this helicopter um, that had a projector. Uh, that projected the logo of the NFL teams and uh, a $16 helicopter that, or sorry, a helicopter that was retailing for $16 um, and manufactured for only about $4. We actually ended up retailing for 60 just because it had the logo on there and the company wow. ended up flourishing from that point on. They had yeah, orders incredible. left and right uh, from big box retailers and it, and it was great in a very, very short period of time. Like it, we're talking about months, not years. Um, but what what I love about what you're saying what I love about what you're saying is essentially it's all about the the innovation. In other words, like you just have to have a slightly better idea. And if you implement it, it could be the difference between going broke uh, and flatlining and then or, or becoming a multi, multi-million dollar company. And that's what's so Absolutely. incredible. Absolutely. And then the second company um, that I ended up basically flipping from basically a startup type stage into a a company that I believe ended up just getting a a very large investment round. It was definitely above uh, eight figures. I think it was closer to, uh, I think, I I can't remember uh, the exact number off the top of my head, but they're doing extraordinarily well. Um, They were an equipment financing company. And what they ended up doing is anytime that you needed to buy some business essential equipment, whether it be um, an ice machine, a car lift, a uh, I don't know, a, a machine shop item. I don't, I don't know. Um, basically they would be the company that you would end up calling on the phone and saying, Hey, I need this $13,000 item. What are the payments that you can get me down to? And I was like, why the heck are people still calling in in the age of the internet? And I, and I realized that like, obviously person to person communication should never go away. Um, but I ended up creating this, uh, button that allowed for us to be able to integrate it on every single e-commerce website um, doesn't matter whether it was a WordPress, a Shopify, um, uh, Magento, 
a Yahoo store because those were actually kind of big for a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what it did is that it took the took the company's factoring algorithm and it ended up just running it through. So basically it took the price of the item, ran it against the company's factoring algorithm. And if you're familiar with car commercials, and this is where I got the idea, I was like, okay, if finance is low as is always over these car commercials. You never actually get it for that price, but I mean, realistically, it's still a nice draw. It's a nice thing to mm-hmm. make you go, oh, I might be able to actually afford that. <laughs> so what I ended up doing is I ran all the, um, I created an algorithm, an API that could be placed on any of these sites right underneath the product price that would say finance as low as and run it through the algorithm and spit out a number. So a, a $10,000 item would only cost you $138 a month. So mm-hmm. immediately we start, I mean, literally we launched it on a Friday and we launched it on only a couple of stores and within, by the Monday, we had over like 80 new uh, applications um, for financing, which was game changing for this company. Wow. So immediately within, I mean, a period of no more than five months, this company ended up just exploding. Um, by the time that I ended up leaving, we, we started it off with, I think in total, um, there was probably eight people that were working at the company. And by the time that I left, uh, they were already up to about 30 people. Wow. That's so major it growth. was rapidly hiring and they flipped all of their outbound sales guys into inbound sales guys. So they were no longer having to call out. They were only wow. calling in and they were only following up on contracts and stuff like that to make sure that everything was signed and et cetera. And uh, just streamlining that process made that company so radically different. It's just that one thing. And it, it blew. So hold that on, you, you seem you seem to have a very interesting pattern uh, with your company Live Leap, um, a leave, Leap Live, is it? Live Leap. Live Leap. Yeah, I was right. So with your company Live Leap, within the first three weeks, you guys uh, basically brought in four hundred eighty thousand dollars of revenue. It seems like everything you do is kind of very short. Like you're able to basically. Uh, I guess scale very quickly. Um, mm. What would I, just for those listening again, getting really practical for people who are running a very small business and they want to scale up quick? How do you do that? So, what should this they do? Is the interesting thing. So, a lot of entrepreneurs, again, and I mentioned this earlier in the in the uh, podcast, is that success is not about money. Success is never, ever, ever about money. It never will be. It never has been. And it will continue never to be. You need to focus on value. What does value actually mean? It means that by a service or a product that you have created, it either elevates somebody's social status or solves a problem that elevates somebody's life and their and their quality of life. Mm-hmm. So if I end up selling a cheeseburger, it solves a problem because that person was hungry and it makes them feel good. It adds value to the life because it makes them feel good and it creates nourishment. You have to look at the bare bones of why people buy things, why they're buying it the way that they are. So, for instance, if I wanted to be able to market a cheeseburger, uh, a lot of people go, well, it's just a cheeseburger. We just market to anybody who's hungry. Well, maybe the person that's eating it is eating it because they've had a really stressful day and they're having a craving for something that's a comfort food. So you would create a campaign that markets to somebody who is looking for comfort foods. And it's very easy to be able to do that based on all the data that we have available today. Um, And you could also end up marketing it to somebody who is literally having their cheat day. So you can actually market it to people, so people that are having a diet. And you just say, hey, it's okay to have a cheat day. Go to our restaurant and get a cheeseburger. (laughs) Um, And there's so many different ways that you can be able to structure it. So the way that I look at businesses, um, 
is that I go, what is the current status? What is the current landscape? So I look at all of the competitors. I look at the entire landscape. I look at what everybody's doing. And I go, why is everybody doing what they're doing? Why is a customer a customer? And that's the, honestly the million dollar question that most entrepreneurs don't even ask themselves because they're too busy working in their business instead of on their business. They don't look at kind of the, the, the 40,000 foot view. They just look at it about it from the ground level. They just go, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm making some money, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. But they're not going, if I tweak one thing, if I just tweak this right here, that's going to bring in a whole new revenue stream. Revenue stream, And that's exactly what I do. So I come into a business and I go, what, what can we do better? And yeah. how can we add more value? Whether we improve customer support, because that's usually a huge falling out uh, for most companies. Whether it's card abandonment to make it feel more secure to where people feel good um, about giving their credit card information over. Um, or it's just simply the product. And usually it comes down to the product or service at the end of the day. It's not adding enough value for the price that they're asking for it. And it's not framed in the right way. I've seen people sell water bottles for $40. For $40, it's a water bottle. It doesn't do anything special. It's a general water bottle. But because they framed it the right way and they made it seem like it's special because of the value that it makes people feel, mm-hmm. that ended up making them millions of dollars. So what I would say to everybody who's looking to be able to scale a business is exactly this. Look for value and look for it in the places that don't necessarily seem apparent. So for instance, if I were uh, going back to the equipment financing company, calling on a phone these days is no longer necessary. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people are socially awkward because since social media came out, a lot of people don't know how to talk to other people. Um, it's just a simple fact. So people don't like calling on the phones as much as they do. Uh, so you have to adapt with the times and go, all right, well, what's the solution that I can create that a lot of people, widespread businesses need. This is where applications like, um, intercom ended up just completely thriving and dominating the space. They allowed it to where it was really, really easy for people to be able to communicate with the businesses via a chat system. A chat system has been around for forever, but they made it easier. They added more mm-hmm. value and they structured it in a way that it makes it so easy that it saves time. And when you save time, you save money, which saves money, saves, creates value. So for anybody that's listening and trying to create a product, the, the biggest takeaway I'm going to tell you is that you need to take a step back. You need to look at the landscape. You need to go, why are people my customers? And then literally develop a value proposition and create a package of value, whether it be in the form of a value uh, of a product or a service and, and hit that value point. So for instance, like why we ended up creating live leap is that we looked at it. So live leaps, the company that we ended up doing um, quite a bit of money on. And the way that we did it is that we looked at it from again, the 40,000 foot view and we were like, okay, you can go live. Facebook Live is this whole new thing. It's emerging everywhere. We've seen it in a couple of YouTube live videos. Um, I believe The Rock was the first person to end up breaking out Facebook Live. And um, Really? The we Rock? Like, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Um, and I actually ended up meeting him too uh, at, a, at an event, um, really? which was really, really weird. It, dude's massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is he really that big? <laughs> Yeah, he's huge. He's absolutely huge. And uh, he, I mean, I'm a pretty big guy. I mean, like I said, I'm about 215 pounds. I'm 6'2". And uh, he made me feel like a very small person. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, But the interesting thing is that with that company, we went, okay, so everybody's trying to be able to understand live. Nobody knows what it's about. It hasn't really figured out what it is yet. Even Even the concept of Facebook Live hasn't figured out what it is yet because the public hasn't given their opinion yet. So what we did is that we were like, okay, well, 
it sucks that we can only go live to one spot. I guarantee you that there's other people in the world that would find value from being able to go live to multiple places. So me and my business partner, Andrew, um, who, I mean, is absolutely responsible for the majority of the marketing, um, and I credit a lot of it to him, um, I just basically ended up building most of the stuff and working with him on different marketing tactics, is we looked at it and we were like, okay, so when you go live, you wanna have it to where it goes to your Facebook pages and groups. So we were like, let's start there. So we ended up having it to where we initially created a tool to just do your Facebook pages and groups. And then we evolved it a little bit before the launch because we were like, you know what would be cool? If we could be able to have it to where it sent out text messages. So that way everybody knew that you were going live. And then we were like, you know what, why don't we do email too so that way everybody can watch the replays because then Facebook started doing replays. And I was like, all right, cool. So now we have this great product. And we know that there's value. Any public speaker can use it. Almost any influencer, any business can use it. I mean, even podcasts can use it now because Facebook just came out with uh, live podcasts now too. What? Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, they just did. So when you go live, if you actually look, uh, when you click the go live button, you'll actually see a microphone at the top and you can mm. actually have it to where it's audio only. So you can actually make these live now. Um, interesting. So, yeah, it's actually very interesting. I don't know what the viewership's going to be on that, but traditionally, I mean, they're pushing both their live platforms because they want really organic content like this. They don't like manufactured content where everything mm. is said properly and everything's manufactured <laughs> properly. They right. want organic content. Like, I've stumbled over my words. I've said um multiple times on this podcast, but that's <laughs> what they want. That's where they find value. Mm -hmm. So kind of going back to Lively, we ended up going, okay, so how are we going to get that out there? And Andrew happens to come from an affiliate marketing background where he was very, very successful also. Um, he ended up helping one of his buddies go from making $300,000 a month to $3 million and um, just through the affiliate marketing place, uh, uh, affiliate marketing marketplace. So we were like, all right, let's do this. And he ended up getting a bunch of affiliate marketers on board and then we launched a Facebook ad campaign. And between the two of them, we ended up bringing in roughly around $480,000 um, in a very, 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 very short window of time. Now, that number, and I'm gonna be 100% transparent to everybody, that number of $480,000 in sales is not what it seems. And this is what a lot of people don't tell you, and I'm gonna be honest and transparent here. That number is immediately cut by 55%. Because usually most affiliates won't actually end up promoting any product unless it's uh, they can actually eat from it. So if I promote mm -hmm. your product and I can't even sleep on the floor of a house, why would I build a house for you? Mm -hmm. So it, it's one of those scenarios where you have to give them enough where it incentivizes them to actually go out and spread your brand, your brand everywhere. And that's exactly what we did. We offered 50%. And... Um, People, and we were charged initially for, we had three stages of the product, so we had kind of like a product funnel going on. And mm -hmm. um, the first end of it was $67. The second um, upsell to it was 197 And the second upsell to that was, uh, I believe, if I'm not wrong, it was 397 or 497 I can't remember. And um, that was to fully unlock the platform. So what's interesting is that this was a lifetime membership too. So... What we ended up doing is that it got pushed out, and then immediately after all these sales ended up coming in, we paid out our affiliates, um, and and PayPal got its three point something percent, and uh, immediately fifty five percent was gone. So right off the top, we went from four hundred eighty thousand dollars in sales to only two hundred forty dollars worth spreading, and we had mm. two other partners outside of Andrew and myself um, on the launch, and they ended up getting um, their their cuts, and what was left was just enough for me to be able to kind of start the ball rolling towards the space launch because I actually used a lot of the funds from that um, into doing the space launch and into building other businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how Lively kind of came apart is that we just saw 
a place where we could add value to people's lives and we just created it. Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway that a lot of people can do. I mean, you just need to understand how you add value to people's lives and then target those people and target people like them and then figure out ways that you can encourage them to share because a, a secret, and I'll, and I'll say this to a lot of people, I mean, I, I manage about $4 million in ad spend now. Four million dollars, uh, and I've created wow. campaigns where I've spent two hundred dollars and made nineteen thousand dollars in revenue. Really, and the secret behind it all, and, and this is what most people don't get, is that there's a magic number, and I don't think I've heard this said anywhere else in the world, actually, on any 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 podcast, any anything at all. And Tell the us magic, the magic number. The magic number is if you can get your conversions to roughly around 25 to 30%, and you can be able to get your share ratio. So basically you offer a lead magnet, and you have it to where if they share it, they can be able to unlock something even greater. If you can be able to make sure that once you initially get people to come into your world, whatever your business might be. So Dropbox a is a good example of this, right? So Dropbox gives you, uh, I think it's like 500 megabytes or a gigabyte for free. And then once mm -hmm. you've used all of that up, if you share, it on social, they'll give you like another 500 megabytes exactly. or whatever, right? Exactly, and, it, and it's a great growth hacking um, kind of methodology. Interesting. And there's, a, okay. there's a bunch of examples, but the thing with Dropbox is that they use a different growth hacking campaign that honestly won't work for most people because they have physical uh, products Correct. or service-based products. So, so how do you do that with a service-based product, for example? So, so exactly. So what you do with the service-based project is it depends on really what that service is. There's a million different services out there, everything from legal to dental to everything. Well, um, let's take let's take my let's take my service, uh, get featured where we okay. Uh, so get that. featured. What you would end up doing is that you would end up probably creating content from all the different podcasts that you've done. Pick out your top few and condensing the value that you found in each one of those podcasts. Into a into a lead magnet, some ebook or basically a quick clip, or basically where you're reviewing each one of those things and what you thought about it and what was the biggest takeaway that your audience got from those. So that way, people can go, "Oh wow, I watched this 10 minute, uh, basically this 10 minute clip, and I was able to understand this is how you market your business the right way. This is how you grow your social media page. This is how you do this, and all those things have inherent value. And they're gonna be like, "Wow." I can't believe I got all this stuff for free just by giving up my email. So right mm -hmm. then and there, you give up. they give up their email. The next thing that you want to do is that you want to turn around and you want to have it to where if they share, they're going to be able to be put into a raffle or they're going to be put into something where they can actually be able to be um, put on your podcast. Even if they're an average Joe, they're going to get to be put on your podcast. And I know that sounds crazy, but average people have really great stories that entrepreneurs can learn a lot from. And <laughs> in order to be able to get a CEO, you have to be in touch. And I always tell every CEO that I consult for, you need to spend at least 30 minutes a day literally just doing customer support. And I know that sounds crazy, but if you don't know why your customers are your customers and you don't know the problems that your customers are facing, you can't hope but being able to manage your business and delegate it down. So anyway, going back to Interesting. It, what I would what I would recommend is that you would have some kind of raffle where they basically would be able to get um, on your podcast in front of thousands of people. You'd build it up and you'd say every single time that you share um, or like uh, on a different outlet, so like Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these different outlets, <laughs> you get another entry. So immediately everybody's going to go, holy crap. And what you want to do, and this is the secret sauce, and this is one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, and this is why a lot of growth campaigns end up falling absolutely flat, is that if you do not list the number of entries that that person is competing against, they're going to feel like there's no chance in hell they're going to win because they've mm. tried things in the past and they've never yeah. won. 
if they end up seeing that they have one entry out of 10,000, they're going to go, there's a chance. And I know that sounds crazy that they're going to think that way, but there is a chance. And like that needs to be displayed to the end users. So that way, if they share on their Facebook, they get one. If they share on their Pinterest, they get two. If they share on their Instagram, they get three. And like simple things like that will allow for them to go, wow, now I have an eight out of 10,000 chance. That's a lot of chances. And they've shared it to all over these places and then their friends see it and they do the same. So if you can make sure, okay, so let's say that we start off with 100 people and we have um, basically 20, let's do, let's do 30 people. Uh, we have 30 people out of that 100 that convert, okay? So you have 30 of those emails that end up sharing, okay? So 30 of those people end up basically sharing whatever it is that you're offering. That ends up going out and that's going to end up bringing back at least two to three people of seeing your website. So basically, let's just say that's on average uh, three to four people, right? Mm -hmm. um, so three to four people are going to end up seeing your website. So three uh, or four times 30 is going to end up being anywhere from 90 to 120 people. So you're back to where you started plus a little bit more. So your initial 100 people generated you 30, 30 leads or whatever you want to call it. And then the second batch around generated you another 30 leads plus maybe a couple extra. And then the next time around, because they're sharing it, it continues to go around in a cycle. And over mm -hmm. the course of the year, you can build literally a 100,000-person list for nothing. You seed it with initial Facebook traffic or paid traffic or maybe a share or just a cross-promotion. And then literally that cycle will share it for years and years and years so long as the value is there and that the opportunity and the, and the goal of sharing it is still there. So that's incredible. First, so there's a, you're basically creating an organic marketing uh, uh, engine, which is costing exactly. you nothing. Exactly. And, and most mm. people have no idea about this. It, it's never talked about. It's the secret sauce of a lot of very high end um, consultants. I mean, I charge anywhere between 25 to $50,000 upfront plus percentages for what I do. And a lot of them don't talk about it. And I'm like, why would you not want to genuinely help people? A lot of people are too money focused. So I'm like, no, I'm going to give you away all my secrets. If you can do it by yourself, awesome. If you can't, hire me, and I'll make you crazy amounts of money. I've can you talk about that for? Can you talk about that for a second? Why would you give away all of your knowledge, and then why would they need you? Meaning, if I give away all my, if you give away everything you know, then why do I need to hire you as a consultant? Because right now, if you were to tell me and you introduce me to all the different people to be able to get on a podcast, it doesn't mean I'm going to do the work, and it doesn't mean I have the mindset and to mm -hmm. recognize the opportunity and then I'm gonna follow through. So I'm probably gonna end up getting all of this knowledge not knowing how to be able to apply the tools that you've given me and fall flat on my face. And I'm gonna get frustrated and then I'm gonna hire you because I know how hard it is and I'll be willing to pay a higher price. Got it, got it. So you're actually using the power of overwhelm and, and this is very interesting because I've been thinking about this a lot recently, which is that why don't people, it, it, we live in a world where there's so many free resources and like knowledge is free. You can find anything out. You go on YouTube or Google. I mean, just between Google and YouTube, you can pretty much build or learn anything. I mean, absolutely anything. So why are people still paying for courses? Why are people still paying for services? The answer is, is, is exactly what you're saying, Joseph, which is that ultimately people get overwhelmed. People get Absolutely. severely overwhelmed. We, we, we're living in a world where because there's so much choice and because there's so much knowledge out there that we just can't handle all of it and we just want someone to just say, okay, do you know what? Here it is, everything you need to know in one place and we'll do it for you. And you know, exactly. for that, people are willing to pay. Yeah. 
and, and, and unfortunately, I mean, you, you've kind of touched on a big problem. And I mean, if, if we had more hours to be able to go over this, I, I think that we definitely could. But um, unfortunately, that's one of the troubling trends that I've kind of seen progress over the last couple of years is that people like to be told what to do. And that's actually the worst possible thing that could happen. Because then people aren't thinking for themselves, they're not innovating, they're not contributing, they're not adding value, and they're getting frustrated why they're not making money. They're being told what to do instead of innovating, they're instead of creating. And mm-hmm. in, in that regard, it's very costly. It's one of the most dangerous mindsets that you could ever be in is that you just want to be told what to do by other people and exactly how to do it. Go discover things the hard way. That's the right way to do things. Like I, I have no, I had no idea how to do Facebook ads when I first started, and then I started and I and I lost some money, and then I finally ended up getting a couple campaigns that broke even, and then I got a couple campaigns that started making money, and now mm-hmm. I generate campaigns that do anywhere between three to a hundred x. So I can spend a hundred dollars wow. and I can make ten thousand dollars, or I can spend a hundred dollars and make three hundred dollars. It really depends on the industry, but it it's. I had to learn how to do it. I had to figure out, okay, this is what works, this is what doesn't work. And I know some things that most people don't know how to do with, with Facebook ads or Google ads or Bing ads. And like, I know that Bing drives better quality traffic than Google. Google really? drives better quality traffic than Facebook. Facebook is basically, it sends you everything. And it's not necessarily like anybody's ever on Facebook to actually buy something. They just see something right. interesting. So if you're creating an ad, just selling somebody a product, they're probably not going to buy. You have to sell a story. You have to sell entertainment because that's what they're looking for. They're on Facebook because they're at work, they're bored, and they're frustrated from work, and they're just trying to vent, and they're probably typing up some long status about how shitty their day was. And (laughs) all of a sudden, they see your ad, and they're like, oh, that's interesting. That's what they want to see. They don't want to see, oh, here's $100 for this. Nobody wants to see that. Everybody wants to see a funny story. Everybody wants to see a funny ad, and they want to be able to laugh. They want to feel good. That's why they go on Facebook. They go on Facebook because that little red notification makes them feel good. When they have mm. a like or a notification or someone communicating to them, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel empowered. It makes them feel valued. It makes them feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And that's dangerous. And as a marketer, if you don't understand that, you're not going to ever create a viral campaign. I've created some campaigns and I've created some statuses that have gone absolutely crazy. Um, on my on my business page, I ended up writing a status that was shared over 780 times because it spoke to the pain that a lot of people were experiencing when they wow. came home from work. And I specifically timed it for when they ended up coming home from work um, or mm, they were at break. I can't remember which one it was. And it got shared over 900 and something times simply on the basis that it spoke to them. And you have to feel when you create a campaign or any kind of marketing tactic ever – you have to add value and you have to actually speak to them or entertain them or educate them. There's, there's a few categories that you can be able to go down and each tool has its own place. So in the case of uh, what you're talking about where you want to be able to promote Get Featured, the number one thing that I would probably end up doing is basically giving them the resources, basically creating a place where they can be able to reach out to other podcasters and letting them experience firsthand how hard it actually is and how valuable your service actually is. Because if you were to hit me with a number of three to $9,000 in order to be able to get um, on a podcast, I think that's crazy. I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's a fallacy. It's a fallacy I'm telling myself because in the age of information, we think that we can do everything. But the mm-hmm. reality is we can't. And that's where your valley comes in is that you're basically a shepherd at the end of the day saying, I've been there. I can take you again and let me let me do it for you. 
And if you can educate in the process to where as you're doing it, you're sending out emails saying, hey, this is how we've done this, this is how we've done this. Yeah, they won't need you down the line, but they're gonna refer people to you left and right because you've educated them, you've helped them overcome a massive hurdle, and you've created massive value. So creating uh, that kind of environment is how you create tribes. That's how you create people that follow you. That's how you create people that buy from you. That's how you create people that are loyal to you. So that way, if there is another innovative brand that comes up, they still don't even care because you've been so good to them that they won't go to that other brand. Like, for instance, I have a client who literally, um, the, the product that we're selling literally helps people who are in chronic pain all the time um, or suffer from severe addiction. Uh, from opioid addiction because of the ma massive uh, kind of pain pill epidemic that we have going on where, I mean, literally doctors write it off like tissue paper. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the product, if the people don't get quality products, um, they're going to suffer. If they don't get the product on time, they're going to suffer. If, if they're buying it because they're suffering, and if you don't know their story, you can't communicate to them. So uh, what I do is, um, outside of the ads, is I make sure to actually talk to every single person that comments. I comment on, I reply to every single comment. I, I congratulate them on their stories. I, I actually put notes, Facebook actually has it in the messenger, where you can actually put notes on the actual um, person that you're talking to, so that way you mm -hmm. can recall it later. And that's how I build a community. And I've done so, so successfully, where I've spent, I think I spent um, $1,000 for the client and in, an, in a super niche marketplace where in a product that nobody really knows about it side of uh, certain circles, um, I'm able to generate $3,500 off of a grant. And it's not a crazy wow. metric, but the thing is those people are so loyal now to where we're already starting to get referrals from those people because they love the way that we treated them. So a big right. thing and when it comes to marketing is that you have to have amazing, you just have to care. Like you just have to be human and care about another person. And stop looking out for yourself. Stop always being about me because it's never about you. It's genuinely not. Like who you are as a person is a result of all the experiences and events around you. And if you don't farm and if you don't grow the environment that you're in, you're not going to grow yourself. And that's what I feel wholeheartedly and strongly is that it wasn't until I started making the mindset switch to grow other people, to give value to other people, even if I didn't make money from it that I made a lot of money. And I know that sounds crazy, but um, I, I posted uh, a status that ended up getting um, ended up uh, getting pushed over to, uh, I believe it was uh, some magazine, I can't remember what it is, about how I made 75 grand from a single status. And that status was just giving away a tip of how people could be able to save um, an, an additional five to 7% on their Facebook ad spend by just simply getting rid of all the bots and click jackers and everything else like that by delaying the Facebook pixel so that way they didn't get picked up in the retargeting audiences. And right. that was you just made, you just made so much sense just now. Like my, I mean, like, what did you just say? It was like Chinese. <laughs> it's, it's just giving away value. Like put money right. on the back burner. Like, it, I mean, think about it. If, so every single person is extremely connected. It's They have amazing social capital. Every single person does. It doesn't matter if they're a homeless person. It doesn't matter if they're literally the most unpopular kid at school. That kid still has social capital. And you need to figure out, how can I treat this person to unlock that social capital? So even if it means that you give it away for free, guess what? That person's going to go, wow, that person literally changed my life, made it better, and I am now in a position to where I feel like I can help other people by referring it to that person. That's so boom, incredible. there you go, you get a crazy amount of referrals and those people are paying. Those people have a pain point that has been identified by someone they trust, 
So you know it's 100% valid. So now there are warm leads coming to you in troves. So I mean, and you I made seventy-five. You made seventy-five thousand dollars on one single Facebook post. That's incredible. Yes, and and uh, to give you kind of a perspective, I don't have a lot of Facebook followers on my personal profile. I actually, so if you read the article that I posted of how I did it, Facebook is really, really interesting, and this is going to turn into a crazy discussion. But Facebook's really interesting is that they know everything about you, hands down. Um, if you do any kind of Facebook ads, you can figure out how many credit lines of credit somebody has, how much they make, etc. Yes, I can show you later after this call, uh, this podcast um, exactly how it works. But anyway, what's kind of do you have a link just just for the sake of our listeners? Um, I wanna I wanna give a link uh, to uh, obviously all the links and all the resources that you've been discussing will be in the show notes. But um, what uh, do you have a link to the to the article that you wrote? Because that would be very interesting. Yeah, it's it's all on my Facebook page. So if you go to my personal Facebook page, it's all posted there, and I believe it's also posted on my business page, and that actually links to everything else. Okay, um, so there'll be links to that in the show notes for those of you that, that are interested. Perfect. Um, so what's interesting about it all is that um, when I ended up turning around and I was like, okay, we're going to give away this value. I was like, I don't have, oh, sorry, going back to Facebook. Sorry, I got cut off. Um, so when I initially started, I had 5,000 friends uh, or like 3,000 something friends. Uh, a lot of them were just, and I'll be honest, uh, I had had my fa- Facebook account since I've been 15. Uh, so obviously it included a lot of amazing girls. <laughs> and what? Uh, that's what Facebook was recommending to me. They're like, hilarious. people you may know, the hottest girls around town. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I do actually know them. Great, awesome. And like, it's great if you're single, but the value proposition of that goes away instantly. So immediately I was like, well, I don't care about all these hot girls. Like, yeah, it's validation. Like they can say I'm good looking. They can say that what I'm doing is amazing, but I don't care about that stuff. I, I, I lost my ego a long time ago. And I was humbled by it, so I was like, get rid of all these people. Get rid of them all. I don't need them. If they don't add value, if they don't do business with me, if they don't add value to my life in a social sense, so like hanging out, we're going skiing, we're going snowboarding, we're going scuba diving, we're skydiving, whatever, they don't have value to me. And like, it, it's completely pointless to have them there. It's just wasted space. So so you deleted I, all of your friends on Facebook? I deleted over, I think it was like 3,000 people off oh of my, my Facebook goodness friends me. And I ended up only having like... I think I had like 300 or something left, which was all my business contacts and all my friends that were in business and anybody that I wow. actually talked to on a uh, daily or weekly basis. And mm-hmm. uh, it pissed off a lot of people. And I mean, sometimes I can, you just have imagine. to accept that you're at a point that you need to outgrow people. And wow. That's, that's a big move, by the way. I mean, that's, wow. I'm deleting 3,000 friends off of Facebook because you want to focus on business. It's interesting that, that Facebook is called social media but ultimately you're you're basically using it completely for business it's it's not absolutely absolutely Mm. so again going back to the statement i made if your environment is who you are change your environment if you want to grow and my environment was a bunch of uh girls that worked at clubs girls that worked at bars um my occasional friends and then my business people and i was getting an occasional business person that was recommended to me but the thing is like I could propose the greatest status, the most value-driven status in the world, but the girls aren't going to care. They're, they're doing bottle service. They're doing waitressing. They're not going to read it. They're going to think, wow, he's very, very wealthy, which mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't want somebody for that. I don't want to be attractive for that. I don't want and not, that. Not only, not only that, Joseph, but also if you've got friends that you grew up with and you're talking about business or you're putting up a, a quote that's inspiring 
you, you the chances are you, you could get a lot of friends that will kind of like poke fun and and write stupid comments and like you know we we don't need that like if you're building a business and you're really trying to grow as a person you don't need you know people who are gonna kind of just poke fun and be like hey what are you why are you so serious and when did you become such a business guy like you know so i hear you that's 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 a big move and i respect you for doing that absolutely so there was that there was that there was people like oh you think you're amazing now and and i'll be honest and this is something that if if there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening and i want to say you're not alone because you're you're not going to understand what that means until now I literally, the moment that I started making, or if I talked at any time about sums of money greater than $5,000, immediately it seemed like I was a lottery winner. I was so out of touch with all my mm-hmm. friends. Um, I actually noticed that they, like, the friends that I thought it were friends started actually having it to where like, I was actually paying when we went out to lunch, which was like really weird. And I was like, this isn't a lot of money, guys. Like, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, well, we only make like n- most people don't even have $5,000 in their bank account. There's some statistic that says 76% of Americans don't have, um, uh, $5,000 in the bank account. So I made that wow. mistake, but I learned it really quickly because I was like, why is everybody being so adversely affected whenever I talk about business? Cause like I like to talk about business, I, I, money, talking about money is just part of that. I, obviously I'm not saying it to brag. I'm saying it like, Hey, yep. it's like a video game. Like, like I got a high score. Great. Awesome. Cool. Congratulate me and let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, or ask how I did it. That's really why I used to do it is like, I wanted people to be impressed and then ask how I did it because I wanted to help people. I wanted to grow my community, but I learned really quickly that, that posting that number was adversely affecting the community that I had. So I was like, I need to change the community that I want. So mm-hmm. the moment that I removed all of my friends that didn't really fit into that kind of narrative, that avatar immediately everything changed. Like literally all of the, all of the ads that I started seeing, all of the people that were recommended to me and the people that mattered started seeing my, my actual statuses. So when I said, Hey, I've accomplished this and this and this, the people that were making millions of dollars, the people that had businesses, the people that were in my league started seeing it because before they wouldn't, because Facebook only shows like your status to, I think like less than 15% of the actual people that are on your friends list. Mm. So how can you increase that by the way? Uh, just engagement and consistency. That's why they ended up releasing that new tool that when you end up posting on Facebook, it says you posted for one day in a row, two days in yeah, a row. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Hmm. But you have to make sure that you post consistent and quality. And I know that sounds weird, and I don't know why they would apply that to a personal um, a personal uh, <laughs> algorithm, a personal profile algorithm, but that's what, that's what it seems like. So going back to it, I deleted everybody, and the moment I stopped, everything changed. Like every – like. I started getting recommended amazing business people. I mean, people that were, I'd seen articles about that were millionaires and I didn't even know that I was mutual friends with them. And again, mm-hmm. I started creating opportunities because then I started adding those people. And then I started systematically adding other people that were like those people. And then my network continued to grow and grow and grow. And I mm-hmm. basically, I, I'm still in that process uh, because I did it fairly recently. Um, I did it roughly about, I'd say two months ago. Wow. And the crazy part is, is that the amount of money that I've generated since two months ago has been wild. It, it, it's been absolutely wild. Um, because of the quality of the people that are following me and because my what I share is very resonant to those people, they're all entrepreneurs, they're all struggling, they're all basically building their businesses, they're all going through the same journeys that um, I am we have this giant supportive community. I don't have, like you mentioned, Daniel, I don't have the people going, oh, you think you're amazing now. I don't have these people that are throwing rocks at things that shine. I have people that are mm-hmm. going, 
dude, that's awesome that you're growing. Yeah, wow, you know, it's so interesting. It's so interesting you saying this, Joseph, because like, you know, I, I remember recently. Um, I'm writing a book right now, and I remember recently posting on Facebook like, "Hey guys, I'm I'm writing a book." Like, you know, um, and I was like really excited to share that I was like writing a book, and you know, most of the people who were commenting were all like wow, that's incredible. Like, I'm going to buy the book. Like, I can't wait to, to for it to come out. Like, so many different comments of people going, wow, that's so incredible. But then you had like one or two people and they happened to have been friends of mine from the past who kind of, they knew me growing up. They knew, they knew the goofy side of me, the nerdy side of me, the kind of, you know, you know, the kind of like, you know, the, 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 the kind of low life kid in high school that had no friends like you know that that was really what I was and and so they were like so one guy literally you know commented saying why would you write a book like what 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 possible value could you offer and it was like oh wow man like geez but that's when I realized like you don't know me. You you think you know me. You 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 knew me before I started my own podcast show and built my own companies and and everything else and and got married to to a beautiful woman and had four children. Like you don't know me. You you know the kid who who like would jump on tables and get in trouble in school and had a mole on his face with hair growing out of it and just was like didn't fit in and whatever. You you knew that guy, but I'm different. And sometimes I feel like you just kind of have to cut yourself off from those people because they're just going to bring you down when you surround yourself, you know, when you surround yourself, like you say, when you surround yourself with the people who are growing in their own right, like the people who comment like that are people who are not growing and they're kind of still in their old, like, you know, teenage, like some people like are teenagers the whole life. Like they, they, they and, still and it's like projection. It's absolute projection. For sure. At the end of the day. For sure. They're, they're not, yeah. they're not, it's nothing against you. It's just their feelings about themselves projected onto you. And I know that sounds really hippie-ish, but it, it, the reality is, is that's exactly what it is. When people are miserable towards other people, it's, it's either A, because they don't take the time to understand them, or B, it's because they're genuinely, something's wrong in their life and you need to know their backstory. That's the only reason why people lash out or do anything mm-hmm. against another person. Um, and, and, and what's interesting is that to your point is that yes, you do have to outgrow people. You do have to outgrow them. You just have to accept it. You just have to outgrow it. Um, but the interesting thing that I also say, and this is something that I've discovered at, at being an entrepreneur and I'd love to help every single person that I can, but I mean, obviously my time's kind of come to a crunch point right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the time that I've been helping people, the fundamental law, I guess you could say, that I've discovered is that when people end up getting to around two to $3,000 a month in passive income, mm-hmm. their entire world changes. Like it absolutely fundamentally, who they are as a person, whoever they were before, doesn't even matter. It ceases to exist, it's gone. Because when you end up making two to $3,000 a month in passive income, your bills on average are probably covered. And then the question of your life goes from, what do I have to do in order to be able to make money so basically, what do I have to do for somebody else in order to make money to what do I want to do with my time? And that yeah. question is so fundamentally powerful that when that ends up happening, when you no longer have to worry about the stresses of finance and you can start to be creative, amazing things happen. Amazing, amazing things happen. And, I, and, I, and that's the most fun part about being an entrepreneur and being able to be in a position of power to help other people is that you can help people just by getting them to that point. And then after that, they're on their own. They're able to be able to create amazing things. Um, and to that point, 
if you knew that person before they were making good money or before they didn't have to worry about finances or before they went through a life transition like that, you have no idea who they are now. Like everybody that knew me back in high school, uh, kind of the same to your point, like in junior high, um, I used to get made fun of all the time. I, I was the kid that, um, like they just didn't like, I fell asleep, um, on the bus one day with my mouth (laughs) open and, um, they started making some crude jokes and it went around the whole school and then uh, everybody had a really unique name for me. Um, oh, no. and, uh, I don't know why it was the weirdest thing. And then, uh, I ended up basically in, in eighth grade summer, ended up working out a crazy amount, got an eight pack and, uh, came back <laughs> as one of the most ripped guys at school. Nice. <laughs> we got contact. Nice. And, uh, nice. The guy that I was before that happened and the guy that I happened after were two totally different people. I had confidence and then mm-hmm. kind of growing up, the moment that I ended up um, having my first company where I turned 50 bucks into 100 grand, um, the person I was before that and the person I was after that, two totally different people. If you would have asked them the same question, because of the point where I was at my life, both financially and just age-wise, I was a totally different person. Like I, You would get totally different answers. If you would have asked me when I was in high school if I thought I could be able to go to space, I'd probably say, yeah, just be able to like take up the challenge. But the thing is, is that I probably would say, yeah, but have no intention of following through. Mm. Then once I'm homeless, when I was homeless, the person I was before then, everything just absolutely melted away. I became a lot more genuine. I became a lot more humble. I became a lot more transparent. And I became a hell of a lot more driven because I don't know if you know how painful it is to not have food. Oh, yeah, I do. But that is the worst experience. It is the worst experience. I know what it's like to not have food when I have uh, a wife and a and a child, and it's it's a lot more painful when you when you've got to provide for a, for others. But um, but yeah, so I I know what it's like to not have it, and I I know what it's like to not be able to provide it for others, and there's nothing more painful. So yes. and it's the biggest growth that you will ever have, ever 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 have. I mean. When yep. you go to a place like that, you know that you will never be back there and you want to make sure that nobody ever goes back there. And that's what makes, I think, honestly, great entrepreneurs is that hardship makes the best entrepreneurs because they don't want anybody else to go through what they went through. So they start creating solutions and they start creating a better world to where nobody has to experience what they went through. And that's honestly I what it. I think a lot of what I do is. I, I'm creating mm-hmm. All these different solutions, all this value, because I want to make sure that people can succeed. Like Live Leap helps thousands of businesses succeed. I mean, it's it's helped some people literally make six figures just off of going live and mm-hmm. being able to push Incredible. it out to more people. And uh, on top of that, like I'm coming out with another software called Tifty, um, which I know that we haven't talked about yet. Um, mm-hmm. T-I-F-T-I dot com, and it allows for people to be able to tag any image or video and be able to sell directly from it. So. Everybody that's on social media right now, not making anything, can now tag their clothes, and when somebody buys it from the manufacturer, they get paid between four and eight percent. Wow! It's not a crazy amount of money, but, no, but you can make incredible. hundreds to thousands of dollars. So, it's 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 going to be life changing. It's going to help people get to that two to three uh, thousand a month, and I've helped a lot of people actually do it. Like, um, I, I give out ideas all the time of how you can be able to make a lot of money. So, like for instance. Um, I was in an Uber and the guy was like really hard up and, uh, on money and he was like, I'm only doing this, but I'm barely making ends meet. And I was like, dude, there's a really easy way that I can tell you how to make money. My buddy does it. And I love it. I love talking to other entrepreneurs because then I can help Hmm. more people. And I ended up telling this guy, I was like, dude, just go to the junkyard. And I know this sounds crazy, but just go to the (laughs) junkyard, find an alternator, just find an, just find it in one of the wrecked cars. 
take it out and buy it. I know that sounds like a lot of money for you to just do it. And the reason why I told them to do it is because at junkyards, you pay based on the weight of the actual item because that's what they make money on. They recycle it and mm-hmm. they make money off the weight. So what you can do, and this is what my buddy does who makes literally, I think, $1.8 million a year. Is what? He goes to junkyards. He buys no. an alternator for like 20 maybe 30 bucks, and he turns around and he sells it. And not just alternators, all car parts. But I don't know exactly if these are his margins, but – um, he'll buy something for 20 to $30 and he'll end up selling it for $600 after cleaning it up on, nah, it on eBay. Stop it. That's incredible. And he, does it, he, he does it for hubcaps. So you can go and literally get a freaking hubcap, get a set of four hubcaps, turn around and sell it online for 80 to a hundred bucks. You can sell oh it on Craigslist, God, you can sell it on eBay insane. and he just makes money hand over fist. Like the hubcaps, he would literally <laughs> be able to pick up for maybe five, $10 tops. So he's making wow. these 700% spreads. And I was like, dude, just do that. Or, I told another Uber driver because I, I I've done this actually personally. Mm-hmm. Um, is the easiest way to do it is just drop ship. Drop ship something from China. Like you can literally get an item. Uh, you can go on if you have no programming experience whatsoever. You can go to Shopify. If you can't afford Shopify, you can go to Squarespace, which is like ten dollars cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. And all you do is you just go to AliExpress or you go to one of the other Chinese outlets. Or heck, you can even do it on Google and just list things from Google on your store. And then just post about it. Just share it. And the cool thing is that if you really want to drive it home, like you really want to make a lot of money from it, the easiest way is to actually create Facebook pages that are based on the interests that are relevant to your store and advertise those and grow those because then you can start advertising other people's products and get commissions from advertising other people's products on top of having an outlet to advertise your own. And most people, like for instance, if I created a page um, about, let's say, CBD oil, if I just literally created a page called CBD oil, People, because they're, I don't know why, will end up just automatically liking it because it's what they're interested in. It's just mm-hmm. simply how it is. When they add their interest, when they create their profile, or when they're looking at stuff, they'll add it. And then all of a sudden, you'll have a page that has 90,000 people, and you can be able to start pushing product and making thousands of dollars a year off of it. So, Incredible. My, and, so basically, actually, look for value. Look, look and to, that's actually look. a true story, too. So really? my, one of my clients, actually, he just created the page, and all of a sudden, it went from zero to 90,000 people because it's just called CBD oil. It's just relevantly named and people just started following it and now he pushes product and he makes thousands of dollars from it. Um, But another thing that you can do, um, and this is something that's actually very, very, very relevant, uh, especially in this day and age, is that you can go to any university town anywhere in the world and you can guarantee homeowners in that area rent and then sublet each room individually. So I live in the largest university town um, in, I think the United States, I think Ohio state might be a bit, little bit bigger. Um, but Arizona state has 87,000 students. Okay. So 87,000 students all looking for housing and the housing prices are going up through the roof around here. So what apartment complexes have started doing is that they've started renting out by room. And the reason why everybody loves that is because if my roommate doesn't pay the bills, I don't get evicted. So there's a huge value proposition there. Now, homeowners haven't caught up to that. So there's, there's a huge market right now where you can make millions of dollars if you just do this, where homeowners haven't started doing the exact same concept. And why wouldn't they? It makes absolute mm-hmm. sense for them to do it. So right now, you can find a three-bedroom house for $900 a month, and you can literally rent out each room individually for $500. And guess what? You can guarantee that person rent. So you hand them $900. Each tenant, though, yes, the rent's $500, but guess what you get? You get first and last month's rent. So you get $1,000 per person. So you get three grand in. So you paid out 900, you get three grand in. So you're $2,100 up and you have $600 a month in passive income coming in 
on contract for 12 months. And the best part is, is that even if somebody ends up bailing, one of those people ends up defaulting, you have two other people in there and you're still making $100. And guess what? When a new person comes in, you get another $1,000. So if you scale that up, wow. you can't help but win. And you're doing the homeowner a justice because they don't have to worry about the eviction process. And teens are, or college students are the worst at paying their bills, especially when, when rent's starting to creep up. So you save them from losing one month's worth of rent for, by just discovering that the person's not going to be able to pay rent. Then maybe a second month if the college student ends up smoozing them and saying, yeah, we'll definitely pay you, we'll definitely pay you. And then a 30 to 60-day eviction process. So you're saving them from anywhere between three to four months worth of rent. And most homeowners don't have a lot of money in like that are renting out their home aren't doing it because it's a cash property. They're probably doing it because they moved to another place and they couldn't sell their home in time or whatever the reason. Mm -hmm. And they can't afford that to pay four months worth of their own rent um, because somebody didn't end up paying. So they're going to end up being at a loss and they're going to go into financial straits because they're having to shell out even more money. So then the value proposition of renting out their home decreases. So by you coming in and guaranteeing them rent, you add a value service to the homeowner because you basically are guaranteeing them rent and you're getting tenants. To the tenants, you're providing value because you're basically providing low-cost uh, rent, and you're also protecting them in case one of the other tenants does not um, fulfill their obligation, uh, basically to their rental agreement. And in the end, you win too because you're protected. Even if somebody ends up dropping off, or two people mm -hmm. end up dropping off, yeah, you'd lose four hundred dollars, but you get two thousand dollars once two new tenants come in. So you're the win-win so you the board. I feel like someone listening to this is going to get very rich off of this idea. This is, oh, this is brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> uh, but the, what, it, what it goes to show, though, uh, Joseph, is that there's so many ways to make money. I mean, we're literally living in a generation where there's no excuse. Like, there's really no excuse to say, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, there's so many options. And ultimately, it goes back to being overwhelmed. And you've just got to, you've got to find something. And just go go with that, like and just build it up. But there's there's money out there. There's so much money out there, guys. For those of you listening, it the the it's it's ridiculous. Like it's literally it's it's unbelievable opportunity right now. Um, Absolutely, Joseph. I want to add ask you, one more thing yeah, to one, that. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> so one more thing that I will add on top of that is that yes, money is everywhere. Money can be made almost in anything like you can literally create the pool noodle like the guy in canada did and make eight sorry? million dollars the guy who created the pool noodle in canada what's a what's a pool noodle sorry you've never seen you know the big giant foam things that are colorful that kids play with when they're in the pool yeah i didn't know it was called a pool noodle yeah that's what it's called <laughs> okay i just i just called them long colorful things i don't know floaty things <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know there was a name for it oh, pool geez. noodle okay um, sorry all right so the guy the guy created literally a multi multi-billion dollar business or sorry multi-million dollar business off of that simple concept the person who ended up creating the smiley face and trademarking it made i think 500 million dollars if i'm not wrong sorry so, a I mean, smiley face yeah yeah you can look at all these different things all these crazy stories of people inventing the dumbest possible things in the world <laughs> Oh and they're God. making millions of dollars. I know somebody who literally ended up getting, you know, there's, have you seen those uh, silly things that you suck on and they make your lips bigger? N no. <laughs> okay. Just look up Kylie Jenner lip challenge and you'll understand. Like Kylie Jenner okay. ended up exploding it all over the internet. And okay. the person who invented that, I know personally, and they made $18 million off of a five cent piece of plastic. Oh, stop it. Oh I'm my goodness. And then I, I have it. another friend whose mom is, uh, she ended up putting 
two metal slabs together with a hinge and basically tra- uh, copyright or not copyright patented it. And she sells it to the government, so it's $680, and it's used for road construction. So anytime that roads are being worked on, and you see those giant metal slabs with the hinges, guess what? Mm-hmm. She invented that. And she's crazy wealthy, crazy wealthy, wow. beyond wildest dreams. Wow. From two metal slabs with a hinge. And it just blows <laughs> my mind. So the thing is, you can make money anywhere, but the thing that you need to do first is that you need to make sure that your environment and your mindset are in the mode to succeed. I can't do the space launch if I have a really crappy environment of people that are dissecting every single thing. I have people that are helping me. I can post a status right now and say, hey, I need this. And it could be something very crucial to my launch and people would be able to help me out. Mm -hmm. And that's that's critical. If you're trying to be able to succeed, you can't always do it by yourself. You always need to be able to have lifelines. So get rid of the people that aren't going to help you, the people that haven't been relevant, the people that degrade you. Don't let those people drag you down. I mean, again, you are your experiences. So cater your experiences, curate your experiences to become a better person, to become a more successful person. Remove the people that are toxic. Then the second thing that you need to do is that you need to get into the proper mindset. You need to, if you're not literally in an environment, like let's say that the house that you're living in, the living situation that you're in, the person that you're dating, whatever it is, if you don't feel like you can can be the best person that you can be while you're in that environment, leave. Pack up and leave. And it's super cheap to be able to go anywhere. Don't even get a house. Just go travel if you need to <laughs> to be able to find yourself. Right now, I live in Arizona and I can be able to, and this is a great flight hack for anybody who's listening. If you live on the, um, let's say, what is it, west of the Mississippi, fly to LAX and then LAX out. I've been able to find round trip flights to Europe for $320 direct. What? So I can go to almost anywhere in Europe for $300 round trip plus the leg that it takes for me to go from Arizona to LAX. So it cost me a total of maybe about $500 to go round trip to Europe. And then once I'm in Europe, I can be able to go almost to any single place in Europe for $400 because I can ride the Eurorail, which is $400 for the month. And you can travel an entire month by train. And if you don't want to do that, you can ride Ryanair, which is $50 a flight. And then once you're in Europe, the fascinating part is that you can actually stay five steps, five steps off the beach in Greece for $680 a month. No, you can't. What are you talking about? Nope, absolutely you can't. So you go to. Well, I just looked at. I, I just looked at going to Greece with my family for the summer, and it was definitely not six hundred and eighty dollars a month. Yeah, I looked at hotels, but I also looked you at Airbnb. You don't do hotels. So if okay. you book Airbnb and you book for an entire month, it has to be an entire calendar month. You get anywhere between thirty-five to sixty percent off your stay. Wow. <laughs> that's so, really interesting so $680 a month living in Greece it's going to cost you another 20 bucks for unlimited cell phone service so if you tether to your phone you can literally be on the beach working with your laptop and then Jeez. on top of it it costs you maybe about another 100 bucks for food so for a total of maybe I don't know $800 you can be able to live in a foreign country away from all distraction and be able to grow because you have to learn the language and be able to grow as an individual and you can be able to curate the environment according to how you see fit in order to be able to help you grow as an individual. I've traveled a lot. I lived in Norway for two and a half years on and off and I think that was another one of my best experiences. Love that country. Hands down, best people in the world. Um, But you need to be in an environment physically and mentally that allows for you to become who you want to be. 
Because if you're comfortable, if you're around people who degrade you, if you're around any of the factors that are negative and you continue to let it be, it's only going to be a cancer and it's only going to hinder you from your success. Joseph, this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.